Good morning and welcome to Grace Life Church and welcome those who, who are joining us online. And today is going to be a great day. We, today we have our, a very special guest, very spe- uh, one of the, our most special, special of guests. And that's Miss Emily Davis, soon to be Miss Parker. Right? Well, come on up here, dear. Y'all give her a big hand. She comes. <laughs> Emily has been, uh, we haven't always been in this location, but Emily's been with us since... They told your parents it's a girl, right? So, <laughs> so <clears throat> she knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or two. <laughs> and so we were kind of happy, sad when she left a few years ago and uh, to, to go to Oklahoma and begin to learn all that she's learned. And now she's just traveling all over the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. And so I just kind of wanted to introduce her. So, uh, we have an active audience on Facebook. But we also, as you know, we broadcast in about 35 countries. So every week we have an audience of every service. We have about an active audience of 1,100 people uh, listening every week. And so you're preaching to the world, so this is going to be really good for you. So we're thrilled that you're here and what you're going to share with us, uh, what God's been doing this year and what he's got in store. So I'm going to turn it over to you this time. God bless you. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to be here with everyone this morning. Uh, Like Pastor Eric said, I grew up in this church since they said it's a girl. So, um, yeah, I love when I get to come back and visit. I can't believe it's been almost five years. It'll be five years in September since I moved. So, um, but yeah, thank you all for supporting me like you have. And uh, thank you, Pastors Eric and Michelle, for supporting me like you have and when I'm coming, when I come back to Alabama for always letting me speak here, it's a blessing and um, definitely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing or where I'm at without your influence in my life. So thank you very much. And um, so yeah, for those of you who I've not met or who um, may be online or watching, um, my name is Emily Davis, and I moved away about five years ago to be a part of a ministry called Global Ventures, and that was founded in 1998 by John and Martine Smithwick, if we can put their picture up. Yeah, so it was founded by John and Martine Smithwick, and our heart is for the unreached. And um, so we go all around the world taking teams of people to minister on the streets. We minister in schools. We also minister in villages, and we love doing mass evangelism festivals. And yeah, that's John and Martine. And then I would like to show a video that kind of summarizes what we do. Yeah. Every time I see that video, it stirs my heart. And um, I'm sure some of you have seen this video before, but it just, it makes me feel on fire every single time I watch it. And um, I remember the first time I saw that, just thinking, oh my gosh, I want to do that. I want to do what they're doing. I can't believe there's miracles like that. I can't believe that there's people who have never heard about Jesus before. And that's what I get to do now. And it's amazing. So, um, yeah, three years ago, I mean, sorry, I did an internship for three years at Global Ventures. And it was, a, it was an awesome experience. And I graduated in 2020. And then, so in 2021, I did, I was a, on the, I was a volunteer and I was a Global Ventures missionary. And actually this year in January, I became a staff member at Global Ventures. And um, I remember dreaming of this day. Um, So my title is the Digital Media Specialist. So I work in the creative department by being the photographer, by making um, different social media posts, and also creating a lot of the graphics that we use. And, um, but just rewind back to when I was like a senior in high school and around, around that age thinking, or when I was talking to God about my future, God, I really, I would love to be a missionary, but I also want to be a photographer. So if you can just work that out for me, and he's done that. Um, I get to, in my mind, the way I feel, it's the best job in the world. It's exactly what he wants me to do. So yeah, Um, if you'll go to the picture of me and Parker. 
Yeah, so this is my fiance, Parker. A lot of you got to meet him when he came to church here uh, last year. But I'm excited we get to be married in a little over a month. And um, yeah, I feel blessed to be able to marry him because um, we both have the same heart for missions. We've already been on two trips together last year, and there's going to be many trips in the future together. So um, since the last time I was here, I went to Peru in the fall, and I was there for a full month. I was there early setting up for our team project, and then I was there for the team week, and I also stayed a week late to help with the follow-up ministry. So if you'll show that um, picture, yeah, there was 5,415 in-person salvations and 242 documented healings. Yes, praise God. Uh, thank you, Grace Life Church, for having a huge part in those salvations. Um, yeah, I couldn't have gone if you didn't send me, so thank you so much. And uh, one testimony that I'd like to share from this trip, um, if you'll um, bring that picture up, it's a picture of me with a mom and her son. So this story is about a girl who's actually my age, and she was in Peru, her name is Amanda. That's how we would say it in English, but she would say like Amanda or something like that. Um, but so Amanda, she's 23 years old and she has a little son named Matteo. And um, so she saw us, she came late to a presentation that we were doing, but she saw us there praying for people, laying hands on them. And she, um, she realized what was happening. So she asked us, she asked me, hey, can you pray for my son? He has a tumor. And um, so I prayed for him, and then I, I asked her, so can we check and see that it's gone? And she's like, no, I don't want to because he's sleeping. And so I respected her decision as a mom. He was like sound asleep. It was crazy because there are so many people. But I totally believe that he's healed, that that tumor is gone. But um, without just sending her off, I asked her um, if she... If I told her, hey, you can pray for your son. Whenever you go home today, you can pray for him. And she said, I don't know how to do that. She, she doesn't know how to pray. And, um, but then I asked her, have you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart? And she said, what does that mean? And the, the main reason I wanted to ask her that is because, you know, when we are children of God, healing belongs to us. And so if she knew that, she, she would be able to know that she has the authority to lay hands on her son and command healing to come into his body. But um, she didn't know how to pray, and she wasn't even a child of God. So I explained all of that to her, and then she received Jesus right there. And, um, yeah, she walked away knowing that she could um, lay hands on her son and command him to be healed. So that's just one story. Um, there's so many other amazing testimonies from this trip just like that. Um, but if you'll sh show the next picture. Um, so one of my favorite things about the Peru trip was that it was my first time doing discipleship ministry. So I stayed a week late with a small team and we actually went into people's homes and um, we went with a local pastor so that way they could keep on doing the follow-up ministry when we left. But yeah, we have a discipleship curriculum and the first lesson that we go through with them talks about the new birth experience. Um, what does it mean to be a child of God? And even um, what does it mean to have grace? Um, because they don't understand that. They don't understand that it's by grace that they are saved and it's not by works. So um, this is a picture in someone's house. Um, as you can see, uh, just to show you the conditions of where they're living, um, they don't have actual doors. This was in the, on the side of a mountain. Um, like in the back there, you can see that's where the sun is coming through. Um, but yeah, it was amazing to be there, to get to do that with them and um, to show them. Oh yeah, will you go to that next um, picture? This is a picture of someone reading the Bible for, the, for their very first time. So um, in almost every single house we went to, these people had never read the Bible at all. Um, we would ask them. Um, so most of these people, they were at our presentations when our team was here. And then um, so we would ask them, like, hey, you saw us at the presentation. 
And then uh, we talked about what it means to be a, a believer, a child of God. And then um, we had them read the Bible for themselves. And um, I love to ask them, so have you ever read this before? And most of them would say no. And it's crazy because um, this area is a Catholic, it's a Catholic area, but most of them, they never get a Bible in their own hands. And they've, they will tell you, I've never read the Bible before. So can you imagine um, whatever age that you're at right now, oh, the youngest person in here to the oldest person, never reading the Bible for yourself, never knowing. They had ne- never heard John 3.16 before. They never heard that God so loved them that he sent his son so that they could be saved. So I got to do that, and um, it was amazing. It was like um, teaching your child how to read. They were a baby Christian, and it was amazing to see them do that. Um, If you'll play that video that's next. Yeah, so I don't know if you could hear that, but he said, yeah, no, I've never read this before. And so it was, it's so cool to go to the table of contents with them and to say, okay, here's the table of contents. This is where you see all of the books and here's a page number. Let's go there. And then, okay, this right here, this is the name of the book here. This big number right here, this is the chapter number. And then these little numbers here, this is the verses. So, um, yeah, it's just amazing to be able to do that. And, uh, I can't wait to keep on doing that in the future. And, um, yeah, so today what I want to talk about is a word called consistency. Um, So we probably haven't heard that word much with um, pertaining to missions, but whenever you think of consistency, what do you think of? And I actually would love to hear some uh, answers from you. So when you hear the word consistency, what does that make you think of? Routine, yeah, routine. So what what kind of things would you normally do with a routine? Um, like uh, exercise. exercise, that's what I was looking for. Yep, exercise, maybe even eating, brushing your teeth, yes, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, thank you for your answers. <laughs> so uh, normally, you know, when we hear consistency, we think of that um, that phrase, the consistency is key or consistency is key to success. And um, yeah, consistency leads to habits and habits form the actions we take every day and then action leads to success. Um, There's an author and a life coach named Anthony Robinson. He said, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives, it's what we do consistently. Um, Yeah, and I know he's just talking generally what we do consistently shapes our lives, but I want to talk about this in the context of harvest and reaching the lost. So um, I have a story about consistency for you. When I went on my first flight, it was actually with Jessica. We were going on our, um, well, it was my first missions trip to the Dominican Republic, and it was with our high school. And so, yeah, this was my first ever flight, and I was kind of scared. I was nervous, but I wasn't really, I wasn't trying to show that I was nervous. But as we were sitting together in the plane, we started holding hands. And um, I was trying to make it to where we were holding hands so I could help Jessica because her ears were hurting and because she was scared. But really, I was kind of scared and nervous. So we held hands so tight that it's kind of hurting our hands. But um, I don't know if you knew that, but I was, I was actually nervous. It wasn't just you being um, your ears hurting. So, um, yeah. But, so for that first flight, I was so nervous. I had no idea, like, how is this plane going to take off? It, does, it still doesn't make sense to me, but I trust it now. Um, or even, even in the airport, um, how, where am I supposed to go? Where's my gate? Where the security is kind of um, intimidating yeah, but now I've been on more flights than I can count, and security is like a breeze. I know how to get from gate to gate. Um, the air, airports make sense to me, and even on an airplane, sometimes I fall asleep before we take off. Um, yeah, or yeah, I fall asleep, and it's, I, I don't even think about it anymore. Um, I mean, sometimes I start to think about, like, 
I don't under, I still don't understand how this plane works. And then I, if I think about it too much, then I could get a little nervous, but I just forget about it and I just trust it. So my point with that is the more we do things, the more consistent we are, the easier it'll get, the better it'll be for us. And um, we see this example with exercise and with dieting. The more consistent we are with exercise, the better results that we'll see. The more consistent we are with eating right, the better results that we'll see. So, um, but our culture, we're not, we're not habits, um, we're not creatures of um, consistency. We're creatures of instant. We want instant gratification. Um, sometimes, um, yeah, you know, it's not in an instant that we see the results that we want. Um, I'm not trying to do a motivational speech about eating right or, or exercising, but, you know, um, if it was that way with working out, like if we saw instant results when we worked out, we'd see a lot more people working out and a lot more healthy people. But, you know, it wasn't that way with me with flying either. I had to keep on going and keep on going. So, um, you know, we have the we have the microwave and we have the instant pot, which I'm very thankful for because I like my food quick. And uh, and then, you know, even with our smartphones, we, we have things at the... Um, tap of our finger. We can order our groceries and just go pick them up and come back, which is great. I, I love doing that too. But um, even texting people, like we, are, we expect an instant re- reply instead of face-to-face. And, you know, we want to be so good at everything instantly. And a lot of times if we think, oh, this is going to be really hard or I'm not going to be good at it when I, when I start doing it, then we don't even try. Um, we we don't make the commitment to be consistent with things. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is how a lot of us Christians are when we are reaching the lost. We think that we won't be good at talking to people, or we might even doubt that we could lead someone to Christ. And I'm not trying to make any of us feel bad today, but I hope that what I share stirs us up. Um, Because even I am guilty of feeling nervous or feeling like I can't do it when I'm, when I know God wants me to witness to someone. Um, but yeah, but when you start, which I'm going to get into, just when you start, it gets easier and easier each time you do it. Um, but yeah, so you might, you might doubt that you can do it, but guess what? Being a soul winner is in your DNA. Um, I'd like to go to Mark sixteen 15. I've shared this verse every time. But how can I not? Because it's the Great Commission. <laughs> but so, yeah, Mark sixteen 15. I'm going to read out the new, uh, the NIV. And um, I also want to share this before I read this. God wouldn't have made being a soul winner part of your purpose if you couldn't do it. So in Mark sixteen fifteen, it says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So if you'll go to the next slide. <clears throat> it's in you. The ability to reach the lost is in you. So when you accepted Christ, you became a child of God. And would you agree with me that when you became a child of God, that his DNA became your DNA? Is that right? Yeah. So in verse 17, it says that these signs will accompany those who believe. Are you a believer? Do you believe in God? Yes. Okay, so that means that because you believe in Jesus' name, you will drive out demons you have the ability to speak in new tongues. You have the ability to pick up snakes with your hands. And when you drink deadly poison, it will not hurt you at all. And you will place hands on the sick and they will get well. So just like I said before, God wouldn't have made this part of your purpose if you couldn't do it. It's in your DNA. So on the next slide. So just start. You'll never get good at sharing the gospel if you don't start. Um, and you can start small. You can start by saying to someone, Jesus loves you. Because 
sometimes people just need to hear that. Sometimes they just need to hear Jesus loves you. And um, speaking from personal experience, telling that to people, it can change their lives. Um, so yeah, just start. You'll never get good at something if you don't start. Um, <coughs> I know some of us have started new hobbies, like Aunt Barbara, she started baking. That's not a hobby now, that's her business. And she, when she started, I don't know how much experience you had when you started, not very much. So, but now she's, so she just made the commitment to start. And then she was consistent. She kept on baking, kept on finding new recipes, finding new things to do. And now she made the cupcakes for my shower today. She's made cakes and delicious bread and all kinds of things because she kept on going. She kept on getting better at it. And um, <clears throat> so we can do that too with sharing the gospel. Um, and will you go to the next slide? <clears throat> you know, um, for some of us, we might have to start by making ourselves available. Sometimes we get so busy with work or busy with what we want to do that we're not busy with God's work, which is sharing the gospel, bringing people to God. And um, I understand that all of us in this room has busy lives. Um, and even recently, my life has gotten a lot busier. Um, it's, it's really uh, interesting, challenging when, you, when you're uh, about to get married and you have all these decisions about apartments and things like that. But um, we still have to make ourselves available. Or we might even make the excuse of, um, I'm an introvert. And actually, I am an introvert. And I've had to make myself talk. I've had to make myself get out of my shell and talk to people. I've had to make myself get out of my shell and speak like this um, because naturally that's not something that I would do. But it's so important to get out of what we want to do and just preach the gospel and just bring people to God. So, <clears throat> yeah, um, I want to encourage you to make yourself available. Um, <coughs> I know a lot of times in the store we might make ourselves look busy by being on our phone or like at the checkout line instead of talking to the person who's in front of us and um, just saying, Jesus loves you. We might just get on our phone and do something like that or in a line somewhere else. I'm guilty of that. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's very dry. So, um, yeah, so make yourself available. Um, there's a, I have an example of a girl who, um, I went to a gas station. <clears throat> Normally I don't go inside to pay, but something happened, so I had to. And um, I just felt like I was supposed to tell, tell her, hey, Jesus loves you. And she's like, oh, thank you. And then I, um, I just asked her, is there anything I can pray for you about? And she told me a story about her cat and something wrong with her cat. But I prayed with her for her cat, and she just broke down in tears, and she started crying. And um, <clears throat> you never know what's important to people. You never know what they need prayer for. It could be something as simple as them needing prayer for their cat. So, yeah. <clears throat> I have a dry patch in my throat. I'm not sure why it's there, so bear with me. Um, but then another story is about um, one time I was at the mall in a specific store, and there was a girl, same, same situation. I told her, Jesus loves you. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And she just opened up and said that, she has been feeling guilty because one of her friends committed suicide and she felt bad that she wasn't there for her or that she didn't do different things that she thought she should have. And, um, but it was amazing because I got to really talk it out with her and explain um, there's no condemnation for you now that you're in Christ and God doesn't want you to feel guilty. Um, he doesn't want you to carry that weight around either. So we prayed for her and um, that weight was lifted off of her. So there's so many people that God wants you to talk to. And even in, in Jemison or wherever you live, you might think everyone around here knows God already. Why would I even 
mention it to them? Why would I even talk to them? Well, um, even if they know God, they might not know him. They might not um, experience that personal relationship with him. So um, I encourage you, you could be that you could be that person in their life that changes everything for them. So, yeah. Um, will you go to the next one? Be consistent. Be consistent with sharing the gospel and sharing God's love. You can do that through telling people that Jesus loves them. You can show them in an action like giving them something, um, paying for someone's groceries in the, per- in the line behind you, or even when you're in the drive through line paying for their groceries. And um, something as simple as that. The more you do it, the easier and more comfortable at it you'll be. And I'd like us to go to Jude 1, and I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because um, I've seen... I've seen how important it is to share the gospel and to reach out to people and show them that God loves them. And um, I also now, I went through a training program for three years, so this stuff is inside of me, harvest is inside of me. But um, you don't have to go to a three-year training program, and you also don't have to be a missionary. um, Because God didn't say, missionaries go into all the world. He said you. So... um, yeah, because I know how important it is. I I love all of you so much, and I would I want you to do this too. Because, um, yeah, God's gonna when we get to heaven. He's well. Yeah, I don't want to bring. I don't want it to sound condemning, but um, he he just wants us to share the gospel. He wants us to share his love, and um, that's what I hope gets across to you today. That um, if we're consistent and we keep on doing it. It'll get easier for us, and we'll even want to do it more. So in Jude 1, in verse 17, it says, But you, my delightfully loved friends, remember the prophecies of the apostles of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. They taught you, in the last days there will, be, there will always be mockers motivated by their own ungodly desires. And we've seen a lot of, of that recently. <clears throat> These people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instincts, devoid of the life of the Spirit. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. So constantly and progressively, consistently build yourself up by praying in the praying every moment in the Spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. And in verse 22, keep being compassionate to those who still have doubts. Keep being consistently reaching out to people who still have doubts about salvation or still have doubts that God loves them or still have doubts that they're good enough to be loved by God. Keep being compassionate to them and then snatch others out of the fire to save them. Be merciful over and over to them. Consistently be merciful to them. Be always, or, but always couple your mercy with the fear of God. Be extremely careful to keep yourselves free from the pollutions of the flesh. And um, I actually just, I've never read this in this way before, but I was just spending time with God doing, um, reading the Bible like I try to every day. And um, this just stood out to me how, um, you know, it's talking about in the last days, and this is what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to keep praying in the Spirit. He wants us to keep being compassionate to those who still have doubt. I know um, a lot of you probably know people. I hope that you know people who aren't saved, or who, I hope that you know people who might even be saved but are um, far from God. We've heard that term a lot. Um, because there's a lot of people who are doubting if they are loved, who, who doubt if they can be good enough to be called God's son or daughter. And um, God's not going to just talk to them in an audible. He could, but he's not going to talk to them in an audible voice and call them back to him. He has called us to do that. Um, there's, a, there's a phrase that you've probably heard that says, um, 
I'm going to not say it word for word, but it's like um, preach the gospel, reach, reach the lost, and if necessary, use words. But we can't just live our lives and expect people to see us living for Jesus. And we can't expect them to say, oh, they look different. God, I love you. Or we can't just expect him to do that. We have to use words. We have to say, God loves you. And we have to say, let me pray for you. Anything that you can think of, we have to say it. Um, Because nowadays, you know, people are so distracted. They're just looking down. So how are they going to see you if you don't reach out and say something to them? Um, And then I want to encourage you, too, with Galatians 6, 9 in the Passion Translation. It says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For in the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Don't know why I'm getting emotional over this verse. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Um, I want this to relate to you. If, there's, if you feel like, man, I've been doing things over and over again, or I feel like I have been reaching out to this person over and over again, don't stop. Don't grow weary in doing your good deeds. Don't grow weary in planting your good seeds because the Bible says, it's not my opinion, this is what it says. It says... <laughs> For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So I want to leave you with that today. Uh, don't grow weary in, in the good that you're doing. Uh, don't grow weary in uh, the people that you're encouraging. Uh, yeah, I know there's probably many of you. There's like specific people you can think of right now. Man, I have been reaching out to them. I have been encouraging them. Keep doing it. Keep encouraging them because they need you. They need God, and uh, you are the expression of God's love to these people. So, yeah, I want to encourage you with that today. And, uh, yeah, let me pray to close this out. Thank you, God, for letting me be here today and for the opportunity I have to be with family, Um, my physical, my uh, blood family, but also church family. It's Uh, such a blessing to be here. And God, I thank you for this message that you've given me. And uh, God, I pray that it doesn't just roll off like it's just another Sunday. But I pray, God, that you get it deep inside of everyone here, that you get it deep inside of me, that I remember these words, that, um, that I don't just walk by people, and I don't just keep my head down whenever I should be looking up, looking to see who I can share your love with. Um, God, help us be your disciples. Help us be your ministers. And uh, God, I pray that when we wake up in the morning, that um, our first thought is about you. And that our first thought is to ask you, God, um, to tell you I'm available God, I am available. Who do you want me to reach today? God, I pray that you um, bring that up in people's minds when we wake up in the morning. And um, yeah, thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to be your hands and feet. Uh, You could have just done it all by yourself, but you wanted us to have a part in this. Uh, You wanted us to share in the blessing of bringing people to you. So thank you, God, for that. Thank you for your love, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, okay. Wow. I knew I was going to cry. I just didn't know when. I saved it to the very end. That's awesome. So oh, thank you again for, uh, for having me here. Thank you for your support. Um, thank you for your tissues. <laughs> and, um, yeah, thank you. I also want to share that um, all of you, Grace Life Church, you actually paid for the rest of my trips for this year. So all of my 2022 trips are paid in full. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah. And this year I'll be going to Zambia. Um, I'll have about a month of being married, and then I'll leave and go to Zambia. Um, 
Yeah. So I'll be in Zambia June 2nd through the 12th. And then I'll come back for a little bit and go to Honduras June 24th through July 11th. And then I'll stay, I'm going to be staying in Honduras late to do the post trip, just like I did it in um, Peru where I did the discipleship. And then in June, um, both Parker and I will be going to Albania. And then I'll be going to Thailand in the fall. And um, I'm so excited about going again. And um, yeah, so thank you all so much for listening to me today. I hope that this stirred you. And, um, and I also can't wait to fellowship with you all after the service. And, um, and I want to say, too, thank you for having a shower for me and for celebrating me. Thank you for decorating and cooking and, um, yeah, for loving me. Thank you. I feel very loved. question so you've been I don't know how many countries but several right and everywhere you go the culture is somewhat different than somewhere else so you have to kind of you can't you you come as an American but you have to infiltrate into that their life and their culture where they are and you've been trained to do that but in your mind no matter where you are what what is your awareness in in the sense of i mean you you know what your mission and your goal is i mean can y'all tell that she's passionate about soul winning and 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 she didn't want to be say this in, in a condemning sense and not neither do i but um i remember i've used this illustration before but i remember as growing up as kids that and i got two siblings here today that when, my, when our mother went to town when shopping on Saturday because she was working a job or two, five days a week, then on Saturday she went and bought groceries and did what she had to do. And when she wanted she wanted this done and this done this done, and we all had a job. You, know, you, you don't have to believe me. You can ask them. When she got back, she fully expected that job to be done. And uh, there was one time that I didn't do it, and I only needed one time, that one time to remember – because she, she left you that one thing to do or two things to do. And, it, and that was the most important thing on, on her list, that that be done. Isn't it funny that it, it just seems to me like some of Jesus' most important words would have been his last words before he left? Go into all the, the world and preach the gospel. And, and I don't mean this to anyone here because I'm speaking to me as well as anyone else, it's the thing that we do probably the least is the thing that he put the most priority on. So I think you have an awareness because that's so much in your heart, not just on the mission field, but everywhere you go. I, I, I mean, what, what do you see? I mean, you just see, I, I, when you're seeing people, you know, you're, you're seeing souls. I mean, you, you, you could do things for a living for a long time, and then, I mean, I, I don't do this much anymore because I was in floor cabin for so long, and so, you know, the market back then was just, you know, mostly carpet. But I couldn't help it. I'd go to, I'd go to a hotel, I'd go anywhere, I'd go to a meeting, and I'd be looking at the floor and thinking, that's a pitiful-looking scene. Or, or <laughs> you know, like, you know, the carpet had wrinkles and all that, and it needed to restretch, and you, you couldn't help it. It was just a product of what you did, so you saw it. I mean, all of y'all have done that in some measure in what you do for a living. Like, well, that's pretty good. It's like, did you actually pay them? You know, so you you seem to have an awareness of of the lost everywhere you go, and they're not just in other countries. They're they're all around us, right? But w- w- if you had to say, no matter what the culture is, because you you're meeting some people who's very destitute. I mean, and we've seen some of the pictures. And some of you have have gone those, these places, but we've seen the pictures. It's really amazing. Isn't it? The scripture says that the same reward is given in heaven to those who went. I mean, the reward would be given to those who would go. Like like you're you're a goer, but we're not all goers in the sense that we're going to go do what enemy does. But we're senders, and the scripture says the sender gets the same reward as the goer. I don't, it's like you don't have the plane flies. I don't really know why God gives me the same reward for sending you as going, but he does. And uh, 
is the universal language the same in every country with people, or, or, or is the need the same in every in every country? To the need to feel wanted, love, no matter whether they're rich or poor. So the world's really not that different, is it? In the sense of ba the basic needs of people to be loved, to be wanted, to be needed, to be to be necessary, you know, to have their basic needs met for their own family, isn't that the most important thing? So what you're doing is you're telling them in their own language, you know, through an interpreter, how that need is met. Because it, it's, it's the one and only need. You say, well, how would you know that? Well, because we got it from God. For God so loved, what was his motivation? He so loved this whole world that he gave his, his best gift. And so um, you, you see souls everywhere. Now, is that a gift? Is it something only you can have? And just people who's got a, you know, they got a, uh, a need to smell jet fuel? <laughs> no. The world's all around us. It's just waiting for us to speak to them. Well, thank you very much. Uh, her trips are paid, and, that's, and that is a great testimony. However, uh, there's the day-to-day -day thing. So uh, later on, uh, we're going to have a, a special offering at, at a later point where we're going to be sending an offering to her from the church. We, and uh, do that, we actually do that more than once a year. And uh, sometimes it's when she is here. Today they're, they're doing the, the wedding shower. So uh, I think us men are invited to leave. Hope we can find some leftovers. Of course, I'm going to Longhorns. Anybody wants to go? No, <laughs> but anyway, uh, no. That it, here, here's the thing: if if you're here and you do want to be able to give, there's so many ways to do it. You can do that to Emily. You can give to Emily, or if you'll if you want to grab an envelope, there's wherever they at. Are they still out there in the foyer? There's some envelopes out there in the foyer. You can grab that and put it in the offering box, and we'll make sure that we get it. Uh, to her, with, with the way we give to her is through Global Adventures. That and that's still the best way for you to receive uh, is through Global Adventures. And uh, so we just do that. So some people don't like to do that online. We get we have people tell me, so I don't I don't get online. Don't want to be online. Don't want to learn how to get online. Don't text. Don't want to learn how to text. I said I get all that. And I said, well, you get this to her. So we'll, we're glad to do that that way. So if you if you want to do that, if you you can grab an offering envelope on the way out. But later on in the summer, and uh, in the fall, we'll be receiving special offerings uh, for her to <clears throat> continue to do what she's doing on a daily basis. Uh, you know, it's it's not just you know going on the trips that's the cost. It's uh, in other words, it's it's the day to day ministry that goes forward. And then the trips are, are, is the plus to it. But uh, we wanted her to be funded throughout the year so she can go to all the trips, so she can be full-time in the ministry. Amen. So anyway, that's, I just want to throw that in. So if you're, uh, But if you want to know other ways, of course, you can talk to her about that and go to Global Ventures. It gives you a place in there to uh, not just go to Global Ventures, but you need to, you need to make sure you put it goes to Emily Davis. Otherwise, it may go somebody else. So, anyway, well, we bless you, and I want to remind you once again about the special meetings coming up. Michelle mentioned it. Uh, that is the summit meeting. This will be the first summit meeting here. Um, Pastor Randy Mary Green will become uh, from the Gadsden, Rainbow City, Southside, all that area, about 100 miles from here. They'll be here for the Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, well, Saturday, Sunday morning. Sunday night. Each service will be geared towards that Sunday morning. Um, it's, it's not the kind of services that we're going to uh, just sit down and take notes. There'll be, a, there'll be a, a time later on, probably in the Sunday evening, where different people will be able to participate. It won't be set up in here like it is now with chairs and just taking notes. There'll be tables put out. This is a, a summit meeting is where people come together to, to express ideas. How many, how many just believe there's got to be more? 
So we want to have we want to have an atmosphere who people who are looking for more, believe for more, want to want to reach out and touch and do some things that they have in their heart, but they haven't walked out yet. And so uh, we had one uh, North Alabama. Uh, they're coming here, and so they're probably going to be doing this Saturday night. Um, someone asked me, will they be um, available on Facebook? Uh, I think I, th- I think yes, in the sense of Saturday night and Sunday morning. I do not know about Sunday night. There's going to be some testimonies that's given on Sunday night that some of them uh, doesn't need to be public for different reasons. And when you hear one testimony, you'll know why we won't put it on Facebook. And um, this was uh, some people that we met at their church and what happened there, what they were walking through. So we're really building a team is what we're doing. This is not a summit meeting where we're having special meetings, guest ministers uh, in that sense. But it's, it's that they are coming. They're going to minister. I'll minister. But, but there will be opportunities for other people to minister. And that will probably be more like on the, on the Sunday night. If you can be any of these or all these, I think it'll it'll greatly greatly help you. This this is the time to step out and walk in things that that, that you've always had in your heart. I mean, if, if if not when, if not now, when then when will it be? And who's God going to use? Well, the Bible says the, the eyes of the Lord looking to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for someone. Huh? And so there's sacred cows that that, that we're going we call them sacred cows. That's an old term that we're trying we're going to slay and we're going to slaughter about who god uses and why he uses them and this all kind of started you know with us just being in the mountains and we were just looking uh, i took them to a place that i'd been to years before and i was trying to find it and i we did find it but i didn't i took the wrong turn first and i said I just want you to see this place i mean this place is amazing and uh we were we were actually in the smokies and uh, i went up to a uh, uh, I went up a, a road, and it just didn't look right. I mean, but, but I haven't been there six, seven years. And I drove up, and I drove up, and they said, well, this is nice. I said, yeah, it's nice, but I don't know. It's just, I just can't imagine, you know, because there's places that you could see, you know, the, uh, all the smokers. You could see Sevierville. You could see Pigeon Ford. You could see Gatlinburg. You could see off in one view, except they had begun to build houses in there. And uh, a house in there, I mean, you you, you don't, want to go look at it seriously if you don't have a few million a few million dollars to buy the land and to build a house so i mean it was just a beautiful view that that just had to make you stop and uh, uh so we, we did that and then uh so i said i don't know so something's wrong i said so i went back down the hill i turned to the right i went less than one tenth of a mile and it said the summit. I said, oh, that's it, the summit. That's what it was called. So we went up there, and we saw. And then by this time, instead of two houses being built, there was like, what, eight, ten houses that built uh, in that area. And, used to, and we were just sitting there going slowly by them thinking, now there's people who actually live here. I don't even know if they're saved, but they, they had an idea that they could actually, and I'm not saying the home is your thing, maybe it is, but but uh, I, I was just saying the the atmosphere in which it created to live, and uh, the the name of it is a summit. It's the most exclusive neighborhood in Sevierville, and it's just I mean it was absolutely beautiful to see God's masterpiece of the mountains and people who's living there. I said, look, they're either having you know they're having a drink or they're having a coffee or a tea or a lemonade or or whatever they're having, but it, it, it was just a, a beautiful beautiful atmosphere. And when you do that, it begins to expand your thinking. You know, Matt and Judy, they went to, you know, to, I guess, yeah, Montana. And then you, you know, you saw some things that you wouldn't normally see just driving through Chilton County. Right? And when you see that, it, it begins to expand your thinking. I've had people say this first time they went to the Grand Canyon, looked at it, they're like, it's kind of breathtaking. Some people there was a tear or two, just, just sitting there and look at the grandeur and the beauty of that. Well, what that happens is when you when you're in those atmospheres, and it, and it wouldn't be just you know just landscaping, but I mean it, it could be in business, it could be in several different venues, but it begins to expand your thinking. And when your thinking begins to expand, so you can think, 
not only could we go to these four, five countries, we, we could go to ten. Not only send two teams, but we could send five. How could we do that? I think God wants to, I think God has some God ideas that he wants to get across to his people. And if we could just expand our capacity a little bit larger to receive. How do you think God has some pretty big thinking? Hey, you think he's maybe the ultimate thinker? Well, Ephesians 3.20 said, the exceedingly abundantly above all that he asked, that you would ask or think, does he want to give to you? But sometimes I think he has a, uh, he has a challenge getting uh, an, an idea to people, to all of us sometimes. In other words, we come to God and we think, you know, we're ready for an idea, but we come with a, with a thinking capacity of a thimble or a cup. But then we could expand to, a, you know, a larger cup or a wheelbarrow than a truckload. How much more? Reinhardt Monkey's in heaven now, but he believed Africa should be saved to the place to where he preached and saw over a million people saved in one meeting. In one meeting. And so <clears throat> these things begin to start, maybe they start small, but they begin to smart, uh, start. And so that's what these meetings are going to be about is eventually we want to build teams of people. And, and there'll be a place, if you're interested, for you to be on that team. This is not, we're not just having someone come in a minute. This is not a special meeting that we're bringing someone in. It may look like that for a little while, but the ultimate goal of these meetings to go on continuously will be you being part of a team if you're interested in that in whatever capacity that there is to reach people all around us, to, to really preach the gospel, to change your life, your family's life, and to change the people all around the world. And see, I, I didn't go, I didn't go uh, um, to a foreign country to do that when I went ministered to, to this person. So, we, um, you know, my friend, but when you have, if you haven't heard the gospel, it doesn't matter where you are. And it was, and it was really simple to do that. So I bless you. And uh, we're going to say till next time on Facebook.